Hello, all you gore fiends and horror hounds. This is Brett from Dimension Z. Joined as I always am by Greg of the Dead. How you doing, man? Doing good. How's it going? Yeah, it's time for Halloween. Thank God we're finally covering Halloween during the Halloween season. Oh, wait a minute. What's this? 2007. That's right. We've already done the original one. This is the remake. One of the many movies just called Halloween. I was going to say, with this, we've done all three of them that are just titled Halloween now. Which, this is the reason that our episodes also have a, the date, like the year it was released, right beside yes. it. Because we run into this sometimes. Yeah, so Halloween from 2007, the Rob Zombie one, if you're confused. Yes, and like we say every episode, some people love Rob Zombie and think he's a god. Some people completely despise him. And no matter what he does, they will just immediately hate it. I'm right in the middle of like, I really love Lord of Salem, but I hate 31. I think in general, I am a Rob Zombie fan is the way I put it. Overall, yeah. I would definitely fall onto the fan side, not even neutral. I'm I'm on the fan side, but I don't love everything he's done. And I no. definitely, I definitely understand the complaints, especially with this movie. Like if you hate this for reasons I'm thinking, I can't even hold it against you, even though I really like this movie. But I definitely understand like some of the choices made here out could rub Halloween fans the wrong way. Yeah, where they give Michael a backstory. That's like everyone's like number one complaint of like, oh, Michael Myers grew up in a shitty redneck household. Imagine that, Rob Zombie. I believe you described it to me once as, what did you say, a serial killer factory? Well, yeah, it's just like the abusive, shitty stepdad who's like his arms broken. And so he's just not working. He's just lazing around. He probably broke it himself on purpose. You got the stripper mom, which who is super nice, but this is like the 70s. So like, of course, all the kids are going to make fun of the stripper mom to the poor kid who likes masks. And like, he loves Elvis, his rat, and strokes him a little too hard with the scalpel. An older sister who just doesn't give a shit about him. Yeah, everything in here is just... And, by the way, uh, we talked about stepdad. I don't know if they're married or not, but for all intents and purposes, stepdad. Right. Mom's boyfriend. Um, His dad must not have died that long ago, either. Oh, no. Well, there's such a weird line later. And I'm going to go ahead and say it just in case we miss it. But it's when um, Michael's sister is uh, sleeping with her boyfriend and the boyfriend says something like your dad's a dick and she like pushes him off she's like my that's not my dad my daddy's in heaven now it's such a weird thing to say while you're fucking yeah i i definitely noticed that too i'm like that that would just be the most boner kill moment in the world just, wouldn't it just even if you're inside it just goes soft yeah exactly but oh well um when did you see this for the first time uh, probably about when it came out. I don't think I, I didn't see it in theaters. I don't believe, but I do have my original copy, like the Halloween unrated on DVD. Um, so I believe I bought it probably like right when it came out. So 2007, 2008. I'm glad you said that. Cause I also watched the unrated. Cause I think the unrated is the only DVD that's actually available. So I watched my DVD copy as well. So good. Yeah. We'll both be covering the same movie. I saw it um, in theaters when it came out. Do you have the same copy I do? Yes, I do. Ah! 
Uh, me and my dad saw this at the drive-in when it came out. Ooh. Oh, that, so one that was really cool. To you? Yeah, so it's a cool memory, like thinking back, like yeah. me and him both went and saw this. So uh, it holds kind of like a special place to me. I remember when Jackass number two came out and I really wanted to see it. My dad and I randomly went to go see it because like I was underage. So like someone had to be with me and dad never like liked any of that stuff really. And a few times he laughed and like my dad's not like a mean guy at all. Like he's a real nice guy. He's a great dad, but he's kind of stoic ish. So like when I got when he like laughed and stuff, it was like, oh, shit, what just made dad laugh? He likes sports. <laughs> And he likes working and building things. Like, yes. <laughs> All right, let's get into this thing because we have a lot to cover on this one. Let's record this fucker. All right. Uh, I love right from the get go. By the way, the timing is obviously different. The first one took place in the 70s. This yeah. one, the. I mean, I guess it does because most of the movie is the beginning, but only the young Michael stuff is in the 70s. Yeah, it's almost like. Uh... Oh, fuck. I like how the blob like kind of went forward, but it's not really yeah. like that because there's no like time jump, really. Um, we almost missed Rob Zombie getting an Edward trifecta. Oh, yes, he did. Um, also, along with some other producers, which we probably should not credit. But yeah, and I see John Carpenter right here as the original writer, which, you know, he just loves this because he puts his hand out. And a nice fat check goes out into it, and he goes back and he plays video games and gets high. <laughs> that uh, convention that we met John Carpenter at, his Q&A, somebody asked, what are your thoughts on the Rob Zombie Halloween? And he took a deep breath, and he paused for a moment, and he goes, next question! <laughs> oh, because he's, like, publicly said before about how much he hates it. But he's like, I don't really care because I got paid, but it's really yes. bad. But the movie kicks off with God of Thunder by Kiss, and it's Haddonfield, Illinois, October 31st, and Michael's upstairs with his little creepy clown mask, killing his rat Elvis in the sink. Yeah, I love that Michael Myers is a Kiss fan. Like, he has, like, the Destroyer t-shirt on. Yes. Uh, we'll get into... Well, let's just touch on it now, because it's throughout the movie. What do you think of humanizing Michael? Because in 78, we do see young Michael... We get no words from him at all. Like, he, I don't think he's a mute at this point. Just us as the audience, we never hear him talk. So, what do you think of this getting his backstory and everything compared to the shape, I guess, from the original? I Because I do enjoy this movie. I don't like it anywhere near as much as the original. But I almost put this, this as, how many times have people been like, such and such movie ruined my childhood because they remade it or they did a sequel that's bad. It's like, yeah, but the original still exists. The fact that I like this, I go, I don't mind it. You know, I feel like this could have almost been like the Joker thing where if you took the Joker part out, it still would have been a good movie. If you took the Michael Myers part out and put a new person in there, just original serial killer, you have to work around a few things, come up with a few original ideas it could have also still worked, but they yeah. threw the Michael Myers Halloween name on there to make all the big money. So I don't mind it. It kind of does take away some of the mystique of the original movie. But think about all the sequels that gets ruined by cults and nieces and niece sex and all kinds of stuff. And my thing is, I can accept it more because it's a remake. It's not in that original continuity. So um, if you guys are 
anyone listening is a comic book fan, I'll use this, uh, like an Elseworlds story, where, like, in this version, Batman's the villain, and Joker's the vigilante. Like, you know this is separate from canon 100%. I know this doesn't affect that original, so it's easier for me to, like, latch onto this and be like, okay, let's see where this goes, and not have, as you said, the quote-unquote ruined my childhood or anything like that. Right, it's like a what-if comic. Yeah. But the stepdad is just terrible because he's down there having breakfast arguing with Sherry Moon Zombie, Michael's mom. Oh my god! I can't believe she showed up in this movie, guys! It's a shocker, isn't it? I'm surprised she didn't play Michael. (laughs) But Michael's sister comes down and everything, and the stepdad looks at her and goes, Bitch has a nice little dumper. About Judith, Michael's sister. And, of course, the mom freaks out and yells. And I'm like, what the fuck did you say? Dude, I swear a lot to any listeners. It's no secret. I probably swear too much. But holy crap, the people in this movie, dude. Well, it's a Rob Zombie movie. So they have to say, like, very inventive, weird swear words. And also, they're rednecks and everything's dirty. But it is, like, it's horrible, like, shitty stepdads. Like, well, you, are you... Jealous of your own daughter's ash, ting. <laughs> there it is. Um, and the other thing, Haddonfield in general, in Halloween. Look, great quick comparative to the original. What the fuck else am I gonna do? In the original, Haddonfield is like the perfect nuclear family town almost, and that's why it's so shocking. Because oh my god, this happened here. You know what I mean? Yeah, it's Haddonfield, Illinois, not Haddonfield, Alabama. Yeah. And now this one, Haddonfield looks like it's just had a plague a few years ago or something. Like, everyone's terrible here and everything. Like, it's just the worst. Everyone sucks. All the kids are just talking about fucking the entire time. All the, like, parents are awful. (laughs) Like, this, no, I'm like, I'm surprised there are more Michael Myers out killing people in this town. Of course it happened here. Well, for some reason, all the attractive women have been left. And only the shittiest, ugliest, greasiest guys also have been left. All the Fabios and, like, the Greg Sesteros have been wiped out. All, like, the hunky, hunky men. (laughs) No, all that's left is, like, skeevy little, like, dirtbag guys that, like, they look like they... For some reason, when I look at the stepdad because they're cooking breakfast, I could imagine he likes his eggs sunny side up. But there's still, like, a lot of the mucus Ew, that's, that's always gross. I could see him loving that. At school, he's Michael's bullied in the bathroom from some evil school bullies about a stripper mom. They've cut out a flyer with her in the newspaper, like, to show him, like, I bet she'd suck my dick for a dollar. And then they're like, <laughs> I heard your, your sister sucked so much dick they had to pump the cum out of her. These are lines in the movie, people. Don't get mad at me. It's um, so fucking vulgar for no reason. Yes. Then a fight obviously breaks out and the principal breaks it up. Michael yells, fuck you at the principal. Principal gives up. What did you say? And Michael, instead of saying, I sneezed or something like that, just looks him dead in the eye, this little psychopath. He's like, fuck (laughs) you. I love his, like, because he's like, you get over there, you get over there, Michael, the little one that's obviously the bullied one, stand in the middle. And they're like, he started it. And like, Michael could have been in the clear, but he's just such a little badass. He's listening to Kiss and Black Sabbath. So I just love his little, like, little kid, like, fuck you. (laughs) 
Um, his mom has to come in and they bring in a child psychologist because they're like, why are you bringing him in? And they pull out a dead cat in a bag that they found on Michael's book bag. Michael wasn't in the room. He's sitting outside, like the bench outside the office at this time. And they're like, so we found a dead cat. So what? And then they pull out all these Polaroids of Michael just torturing animals and he's taking pictures of it. And the child psychologist they bring in is Dr. Samuel Loomis. I love their way to make Malcolm McDowell look <laughs> young in this scene. <laughs> like, kind of making him a little hippie-ish and everything. Oh, they give him, like, longer hair, and it's, like, black. And also, this is, like, it's so funny, because it's just Sam Loomis strutting into the principal's office. He looks down at little 10-year-old Michael and gives him, like, a, like, little nod and a smile, and then goes into the principal's office. I could imagine, like, his book opening with, I arrived at the school... And I went into the office and I saw the eyes, the black eyes. I knew right away he was evil. As he just like kind of gave him a knowing like, hello. Yes. Now, I think McDowell is great. I think he does a great Loomis without imitating Donald Pleasance, which is even harder to do. I think, I don't think it touches Pleasance, but I think his performance is one of the standouts in this movie. And he does it without doing a direct copy of Pleasance, which I very much appreciate i think i've come to find out that i mostly only like malcolm mcdowell and a clockwork orange as alex because every time i see him show up in a thing i'm like oh fuck yeah it's him i love him and he gives like an okay performance nothing that's that memorable to me i don't like his loomis i really i really like it because it is so separated from what Loomis is in my mind. Like, this Loomis is just a scumbag who's trying to make a buck selling a book off some kid's, like, backstory. Everyone immediately hates him. He seems like a diva from the very beginning. It gets worse in Halloween, too. I was gonna say, I'm completely separating this from Halloween, too, also. Like, if we, I'm not touching that when I'm saying I like this Loomis. I'm talking strictly 07. But even this one, he just seems so full of himself. And like the jackpot fell into my lap of this little psycho kid. I'm going to bleed him for as much money as I can. (laughs) But Michael here in this meeting going on and everything uh, takes off and runs away. School lets out. The bullies are out doing bully things. The one takes a shortcut through the woods where Michael puts this clown mask on. You notice he never kills in the entire movie without a mask on. Oh, that's, well, yeah, I could, yeah, that's true. Like, for real, he won't be wearing it, and he has to put it on to kill every single time. Also, how this is shot, the bully is walking towards Michael, and Michael's on the stool, and they're, like, standing by the bush thing from the original movie, but just completely right in front of the bully. So it's just like, hey, nerd, your underwear aren't around your forehead as he chases him. Michael's like, oh, fuck. <laughs> but Michael sneak attacks him and beats him to death with a big branch. Where he like takes a second because the bully's like begging for his life, of course. He's covered in blood. And Michael like takes the picture of his mom out of his pocket and looks at it, be like, no, I'm gonna kill you. <laughs> this movie's bleak too. This is a bleak as hell movie. Where the first one's obviously a slasher and everything, but it doesn't feel this like down, you know what I mean? Oh no, no one's having a good time whatsoever. It Everyone like seems like they have a bit of a hangover of like, yeah, not good quite one. right. They feel a little bit sick and nauseous. 
that night, uh, he's watching some monster movies, being picked on by a stepdad who's obviously heard about what happened in school. He's like, oh, you like killing those little animals, don't you? Oh, I love his line of that. He's almost, like, impressed by it, how he delivers it. It's like, you really kill all those animals, you little psychopath. Mom's going to work, tells Judas to take him trick-or-treating. Judas' boyfriend comes over, she's like, I want you out by 11. Like, kind of playful, though, with him and everything, too. But still a little mistrusting at the same time. Um, she leaves, and then Judith and her boyfriend are going upstairs. Michael's like, what about trick-or-treating? She's like, go yourself. Aren't you a little old for that anyway? And goes upstairs. Mean sister. If this was at all like the original movie, Michael would be like, oh, okay, I have to wait here for like 15 seconds. He's going to be done and out the door. Because even uh, mom was like, you're lucky that I'm letting you go trick-or-treating after the shit you pulled today. I would be so grounded. I would not be allowed to leave the room. I'd be duct taped to the bed. Basically, I'm that grounded if I did anything close to this. He's still going oh, yeah. trick or treating. I would hope so after murdering a bunch of animals. Yes. Yeah, I'm locked away. My parents gave me to somebody to take care of me. It's not like, well, you could go trick or treating tonight, but tomorrow things are going to change around here. At the strip club. Sherry Moon Zombie stripping to Love Hurts by Nazareth. Love Hurts! <laughs> the most cliche, like, stripper music that there is. Like, it's a step away from REO Speedwagon. But this, this um, scene, like, this is like a two-hour movie because we watched the unrated version. Um, but it took me, like, three hours to watch it because it'd be like, oh, the scene's over. Now rewind it and I play it again. <laughs> and then later a Daniel Harris scene comes up. I'd be like, oh, fuck, now rewind it and play it again. Michael's sitting alone, all sad outside. Upstairs in the bedroom, we already talked about the my daddy's in heaven scene, but oh. Judah's boyfriend's like, hey, close your eyes for a second, after that pillow talk she just gave him, and then ducks down and pops up with the Michael Myers classic mask. But it scares her, and she's like, it obviously doesn't scare her in the slightest. She's like, what the hell was this? I love, he's like, brruh, brruh. and she's like, okay, what the fuck are you doing? Like, Stop fucking around. Let's get back to fucking. And he's like, no, babe, I want to do with the mask on. Why every guy is such a scumbag. There's just all of the good guys have been completely taken out of this town. So they have no choice but to deal with this bullshit. I'm moving to Haddonfield. <laughs> oh, yeah. I could not wash my hair and I can get all pudgy and stuff. Pudgier? Whiter? I could get all greasy? Yeah. But Michael gets some duct tape out and tapes up his drunk stepdad and slits his throat. Brutal scene. Awesome scene. Real quick, I love the scene right before that when Michael's like going through his trick-or-treat candy, which he just got like handfuls of loose candy corn. <laughs> loose candy corn handed to him. Circus peanuts? Like he's eating loose, a circus no, peanut. No, just here you go. It's, <laughs> I was like, this, no wonder he goes on a serial killing, like, rampage. He gets the worst candy you could possibly get trick-or-treating. I love circus peanuts and candy corn, so I'm cool with it. I like candy corn. I don't like circus peanuts. But do you, like, loose handfuls of them dropped <laughs> no. in your bag by a stranger? <laughs> Here you go, little boy. <laughs> I made them special for you. <laughs> no. There's a bit of me in them. But his killing spree has begun. He slits his stepdad's throat. 
uh, Judah's boyfriend goes to the kitchen and just starts making himself a sandwich. I don't know why this, like, screams scumbag at me. Like, I guess, like, he's allowed, but still, I'm like, they just, like, open up their lunch meat and everything. What are you doing? He's like, gets done with like the most amazing 20 seconds of his life. And it's like, oh, I gotta go uh, fuel up. I just burn a bunch of calories. And yeah, he gets out like, basically, it's like, remember when Phil made the giant sandwich in Viva La Bam? And it was like, yeah. the counter is full of lunch meat and pickles and mustard. That's what he's done. He has like this giant like sandwich that he's made. Like you said, he's like using up all of their food, which they don't seem like they're doing that well. So they're going to be like, oh, there goes dinner for a week because yeah, exactly. Judah's boyfriend needed a sandwich. But he's bludgeoned to death with a bat in a pretty brutal scene. It's wild. And then upstairs, the first instance of Don't Fear the Reaper in the m- movie Judith puts some headphones on as listen to Don't Fear the Reaper, and Michael finds the mask. Dude, I mean, they, we'll, we'll cover the kill first. But he, like, tickles her leg, like, runs his fingers up her leg, and she thinks it's her boyfriend, obviously, and turns around like, Michael, what the fuck are you doing? And this instance, I don't blame her for being mean, because that's yeah. weird. That's very weird. And I, but I love she starts slapping him, and the mask is so big on his head, there's like, fur-fur-fur. Okay. He obviously stabs her. She crawls away. He stabs her again. But uh, you already covered the point I wanted to get to. This mask on this small boy is the funniest shit in the world. I mean, I laugh at this every time. Because, one, she's crawling into the hallway after she was stabbed. She's still alive. And then the classic score kicks on. It's this awesome moment. But Michael's just like, da-dun, da-dun, da-dun. But this little child oversized mask walking down the hallway ominously. It's like a Michael Myers bobblehead is coming at you. Yeah! And he obviously kills Judith there. Um, he looks at the baby who's there, Boo, who we isn't named yet, obviously Lori Strode because they're doing the sibling route in this one. He goes, Happy Halloween, Boo! And then waits outside for mom with the baby. And then she comes in like, Michael, what happened? And then, boom, we get all the news report audio overlaid as Michael's arrested. And there's this weird scene where, like, everyone freezes in place. But everyone's... they're going over everything? Everyone's frozen in place. Like, but it's not like they just, like, freeze-framed. It's everyone standing just because yeah, the lights are still going. And, except for Michael, because he's sitting in the cop car, and he just does a evil turn to the camera and does like an evil smile. Then we cut to Smith's Grove 11 months later. Dr. Loomis is overseeing Michael's care. They have recorded therapy sessions. And at the beginning, Michael's just a normal kid. Like, he's like, why do you talk so funny? Talking about his accent and everything. Loomis is laughing. They honestly seem like they're getting along well. I love when Loomis is like, oh, Michael, can you speak to test the microphone? And he's like, I'm Michael Myers. And he's like, okay, that's enough. <laughs> Imagine if we had a guest <laughs> on one day. And you know, like, the beginning, okay, let's test your levels. Just say something. And they did that like, episode over. Nope. <laughs> <laughs> I should do that. Like, if we have, like, a, like, if Troy comes back on at some point, or we have an interview, just to, like, <laughs> I do that and I wear my ripped t-shirt. I'm Brett from Dimension Z. (laughs) 
But, yeah, he's just a normal kid here. He claims he doesn't remember any of the killing or anything like that. His mom visits often. He does ask, is everyone at home okay? Almost breaks her here. It's, this is a depressing fucking movie. Yeah. Um, he meets his friendly janitor friend, Danny Trejo, who calls him oh. Big Mikey all the time. Hey, Mikey, it's okay. You know, you can't let these walls get to you. You got to live in your mind, you know, because they can't control you there, which that is the turning point in the movie where before that, Michael's talking. He, they say he's talking a little less and a little less. After that, after Danny Trejo's like, oh, don't talk to them. Just live in your mind. It's fun in there. He doesn't talk anymore. And that's when he goes all like, super psycho with like the mask for some reason they allow him to have like this redneck cutoff t-shirt thing we just talk more still but not as much but it gets like after that that's like the turning point of yeah. like like it's all danny trejo's fault if he didn't tell him like oh your imagination is fun there would have been much many more alive people <laughs> he started making masks at this point he says it hides my ugliness and he's starting to scream, he wants out, he wants out, and Loomis is consoling him. Uh, one day, his mom and Loomis are both having lunch with him. His mom gives him this picture of him and Boo that will come back into play later on. And it's time for her to leave. Loomis is like, I'll walk you to the car. Nurse, please sit with Michael. And the nurse is mean. Because she yes. looks at the photo and she goes, cute baby. Can't believe it's related to you or something like that. Dude! Yeah. He is a... The first one, he kills his sister. At this point, he is a serial killer already. Like, he has taken many lives, and you're going to pick on him? Wow, he has a fork! Well, she mocks him to his face, and then turns her back to the psycho killer to read her paper away from him. And obviously, Michael kills her stabs her the alarms are going off all the guards are running and loomis is running back and his mom's just screaming like no almost like loomis in halloween 4 i love when they go rushing back into the room and like mom like rips michael's like mask off and he's all like and like he's like <laughs> a 10 year old trying to do like crazy psycho face it's so funny <laughs> I think the kid does a good job, to be honest, though. This little The actor who plays Little Michael. I think he yeah. does good, to be honest. I could say he might be a contender for next year's Throbbies. Oh, we'll see. It's, it's The year is young, Brett. Yes, but he is, and he is such an interesting-looking child. Of It's like, yeah. I could see he might be a psychopath. Later that night, the mom's watching home videos at home, and she shoots herself, and... Again, just to be a downer of a movie, shoots herself as you hear a baby cry in the background. It's just such a depressing movie. It's just like, what can we stack more on top of more? Of it is, she's just laying there watching whole movies on like a reel-to-reel -reel projector. And then she pulls out the gun. It's like, oh shit. <laughs> 15 years later, Danny Trejo's still working at this place with Big Mikey is training the new racist employee. <laughs> and it's time to bring Michael to a session. So he's like, sorry about the cuffs, Mikey. You know the drill. Like, what do you mean sorry to this big dumb asshole? He's just going on and everything. Like, hey, I've been working with this kid for 15 years. Maybe don't antagonize. Again, the serial killer, now not only serial killer child, now 
just a giant of a man. <laughs> yeah, let's pick on him. I love when, like, there's, like, senior Danny Trejo janitor walking with brand new employee Redneck, like you said. And Redneck's making fun of Danny Trejo. And I love Danny Trejo's, like, his line back. He's like, hey, man, in 20, in, like, 10 months, I'm out of here. You're still going to be here for a long time. So maybe see where you're at kind of thing. Also, like you said, what are they feeding this man? How did he get so huge where all he does is sit there and do arts and crafts? I do kind of love the idea that Michael has a hobby in this one. He loves yeah. his mask because the employees are touching his mask in danger. Like, hey, 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 don't touch his masks. He's like, fuck it, don't do that, man. Did you do you see what's setting here? Don't fuck with this stuff. Say, hey, Mikey, it's okay. And then don't we cut to basically, and correct me if I'm wrong, but I love this scene of it's ginormous seven-foot-tall Michael Myers sitting in what looks like a child's chair. Cause he's like, his shoulders are so huge. I paused it and sent Greg a screenshot. Like, look how ridiculous this is. It's so funny. I'm sure just to show how large he is, they probably did use a smaller chair, to be honest. It looks like it. It's like tiny chair. Like when I used to work at Sheets, we have tiny toilet that's really low to the ground and it's really small. It'd be like, look at tiny toilet. And it's Loomis's last day. He's like, I think I've done all I can do for you. And it's weird. I've been <laughs> talking to you longer than my last marriage lasted. He goes, it's sad, but you're the maybe the best friend I've ever had. This giant who just sits there in a mask and doesn't speak to you. It's so funny. And then Loomis goes walking off and we're like, you see him like put his coat over his shoulder and he's like, I'm in the money. I'm in the money. And at one point he jumps up and clicks his heels. Because the next scene we cut to is him like speaking at a college with this enormous photo of young Michael behind him. And he's oh, given one of the, the devil's eye speeches where they these were the eyes of a psychopath. And he's sitting, and he's like doing like looking where you like you look down, but like you're looking through your forehead. And he's like, these are the eyes of a killer. They're black. Look how black they are. You can barely see them. Now, late at night, Michael's in a cell and guards come in to rape a girl in the serial killer cell. It's the brand new redneck guard comes in like brand new hire yeah um also i want to point out if you are watching the rated version this scene is not here this is only oh. in the unrated version but like i said if you buy this movie only the unrated version is available thank god i watched the unrated version look what i could have missed Ex thanks rob zombie oh. <laughs> this movie wasn't bleak enough already oh mom killed herself in front of the baby now they're doing a hard R right in front of Michael Myers. And they're just teasing the monster man again. And they start playing with his mask as they're doing that. And Michael has had enough, stands up, throws the one off the girl, chases the other one out into the hall and kills him right there. Yeah, like the one is like shoving his tongue through the mask, which is always like really disturbing and disgusting whenever they yes. do that in a movie of shoving the tongue through the mask thing. I hate it. Especially in this circumstance. Yeah, everything about this is gross. Um, 
Danny Trejo's leaving for the night, and he's about to punch out, and he notices the receptionist isn't there. She's dead right behind the desk area, and he finds more bodies in the hall, and he's freaking out, and then rounds a corner and runs right into Michael, and he's like, oh, Mikey! And for a minute here, this is the only dude besides Loomis, and Loomis is gone, who's ever been nice to Michael. Like, Mikey, we, we gotta get these cuffs on you, and Michael puts his hands out and everything. Like, he's, this is his buddy, he's gonna listen to him. Danny Trejo plays this so right, where he's trying not to act scared. He's like, oh, uh, hey, buddy, what you, what you doing out here? Don't you want to uh, go ahead and get back to bed? Let me help you kind of get back to your room. You know, with you like your masks, that's where those are. Dude, I feel like if he didn't say, we got to get you back in there, Michael was, it's like when he says that is when Michael snaps. He doesn't want to go back in there. And then Danny Trejo has the great line of like, I was good to you, Mikey. Dude, it's sad. He's drowning him in the sink that's full of water for some reason. I don't know. But he just drowns Danny Trejo as we get the under the sink cam. And like more and more blood just keeps coming out of his mouth every time he gets dunked into the sink. Loomis has woken up from a phone call. Uh, this came out in 2007 because I'm like, why does he have a landline right next to his bed? But you know, 2007, yes. This yeah. was right on that turning point. Still extremely common. Cell phones existed, but they sucked. Yes. Um, I I never, old man Greg, I never held a smartphone until my senior year of high school. And I didn't have it, but I held one and typed on I'm like, that'll never catch on. Oh, I remember when it was like the big thing was uh, my phone has a flip out keyboard. Yeah, sidekick. Quicker. Or the razor when you could do that little rip, like, wrist snap and like snap yeah. it open. And you could sit there and you could text and drive. Because you just memorize one 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 two 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 three three three, you know, like <laughs> so weird. But yeah, Loomis is woken up and like he got out and everything, and he's like, "Oh shit!" He what is it? He's out. It's a fucking massacre. Cut to the truck stop, Brett, and trucker Ken Foray. Of course, he's in this. I love him. I'm happy anytime he shows up in something. Has oh, to poop. Yes. Ken Foray is one of those ones where when I see him show up in a movie, no matter what movie it is or how good it is, I'm like, I'm glad he got a nice check. I really like Ken Foray. It's like him, Lloyd Kaufman. I'm like, oh, I'm glad that he got a nice little check to him because I enjoy that man. I met him and he signed over Tom Savini's signature. <laughs> yes. <laughs> but he has to take a shit and... It's disturbing because he takes a porn in, you know, whatever, but he's narrating it. Something just disturbing about you narrating the porn you're looking at. Yeah. And Michael knocks on the door and he's like, hey, buddy. <laughs> he says, I just, I'm not saying the lie. <laughs> Fuck it. He's like, I just had a whatever taco supreme. He goes, no, I'd appreciate if you would leave and let me pass this beast in peace. <laughs> the most disgusting way I've ever heard someone say take a shit in my life. But it is still super sly and cool because Ken Foray said it. Because he has that no, smooth. He can't he even that, save this line. Well, he has that smoothness to him where it's just like, no, that's just whatever he says. He's talking about his giant taco shit he's taking. It's pretty cool. But Michael knocks again, and he stands up and opens the door and sees him. He goes, I will cut that mask right off your face. But he's beaten to death and stabbed right there. Which, you know, means that he had 
a poopy butt because he just stood up off the toilet. Yeah, he definitely died with poopy pants. <laughs> but then don't we see him because he gets his overall stolen, of course, because Michael only likes one piece of clothing. And is he laying there in his like long underwear? Yes. <laughs> and then Brett Haddonfield, Illinois, October 31st, the Strode House. Uh, Lori comes downstairs is talking to her parents at breakfast. Very nice couple. D. Wallace is the mom. Oh, yeah. Uh, was it America's mom? Like, horror's yes. mom? And then uh, Scout Taylor Compton comes down and is, ex- is immediately very rude with a bagel. She finger fucks a bagel. In front of her Lori parents. Strode. But, yeah, Lori Strode. The one in the original where she's all prim and proper and she's almost wearing, like, the prairie dress. And she's like, oh, no, I forgot my books. Yep, she finger fucks a bagel. That's all. Yeah. Um, she leaves for school and has to drop off the files at the Myers house, you know, from the original, because they do a speed run of Halloween from here to the end. Yes, which this it, this movie's two hours long. They should have separated them, added half an hour to each movie, hour and a half, two separate movies, because they seem super glued together. Because now the original storyline that was going on, not technically, but like all of that is like gone new yeah. storyline now we're just like you said we're gonna speed run halloween what do we know he's standing outside the classroom uh he's kind of he's by the bush um what else can he do uh the, the oh they're babysitting uh, horror movies yes 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 let's, let's go michael's in the myers house as she drops off the papers he pulls his mask from under the floorboards and when he sees Lori, he smells the papers this is bullshit, and this is why it never worked for the original run when they shoehorned in the brother-sister line. There's no way he knows this is his sister from smelling papers that she dropped through a door. Is that how he knows? That's how I assumed it was. Yeah, there's no way. Like, does she smell like baby? Yeah, like, oh, boo. Well, did she just shit herself and throw up all over herself? Does she smell like a tiny little baby? No? Then she- how do you know? Well, maybe she had some peace to pass a beast. I don't know. She had the Grande Taku Supreme along with Ken Foray. But uh, she's at school with Annie, played by Danielle Harris and Linda. And look out the window, Michael's staring across the street. If it seems like I'm speedrunning this part, they are, believe me. But and... it's so funny because the original Michael is Nick Castle, where he's just like a normal guy. They try to treat this Michael the same as that Michael, but this one's like seven and a half feet tall. So you see him by the tree, and he's almost like looking down at the tree. Yeah, it's like the great Khali's wearing a Halloween mask out there. Oh, perfect, yes. I know that reference. Loom- ah, good. But Loomis is going to Haddonfield, the girls are on their way home. And we get, I think that guy's watching us. And they taunt Michael. I guess I can forgive this one because they don't realize there's a serial killer. Okay. Um, Also, I wanted to look up because Daniel Harris is in this movie and she plays a high schooler. She was 30. Yeah, she was significant. But you know what? She looks pretty young. Like, she still does. Looks fantastic. Like, so she can pull it off. They definitely like, it's not, it doesn't like stand out to me. Oh, because they like dress her like real young and stuff, and you, you could tell it's only that, because like, we know it's because I know, like, you're not 18, yeah. But 
Annie's dad, Officer Brackett, Officer Chucky, shows up and gives Annie a ride home. Um, Brad Dorif plays uh, Brackett in this, and there's one or two times I catch the Chucky voice slipping out here and there, <laughs> and it makes me happy. Oh, I even caught it, I think, a little bit in the Dune, like the 80s Dune he was in. Like, he just can't help it with certain words, it seems. But I saw him show up in this. It's another one where I'm like, I'm glad he got a nice check for this big movie. I like you. And if I'm going to be honest, this is one of the rare instances where Brackett is much more fleshed out in this movie than he was in the original, to be honest. So, like, yeah. couldn't have gone to a better actor than Brad Dorif, so I'm cool with it. And I'm just speaking on this movie's version of uh, Bracket, not Halloween 2's. So, yes, I agree yeah. with you. I like him. But Loomis is at the graveyard with the caretaker. It feels like I'm saying these things a lot. Who's the caretaker? It's Sid Haig! It's just Rob Zombie being like, I'm going to give all of my horror friends. Just, you want a big budget role? Here, take some money. Take some money. Just making it rain all over Sid Haig. Love the guy. <laughs> Weinsteins are giving me money. Let, let me call all my friends. Which, like, Sid Haig kind of steals the movie for, like, the two minutes he's in it. Because I love his line because they're walking up to this, uh, the gravestone. He's like, God damn it, don't these fucking kids have anything better to do? <laughs> yep. The, t the headstone is missing and there's a dead coyote on a wooden cross, like, made of sticks put there. Because it's Rob Zombie Halloween and they can't just be the gravestones gone. No, Rob, uh, Michael Myers killed a fox and crucified it, made a cross. He's sitting, he likes arts and crafts. He but does. He's sitting there making it's established. it. Yeah. Uh, Linda and her boyfriend, it's nighttime now, go to fuck at the Myers house because it's abandoned and no one ever goes in there because of the boogeyman. Honestly, not a bad plan. Uh, do you notice what song they're fucking to? Oh, yeah, it's, um, what misfits halloween 2 yep yep because i've recognized the misfits version but i was like this isn't the regular halloween it's like the weird slowed down version with all the latin and everything yeah she sends him out for a beer he goes outside comes back in and is strangled and stabbed to the wall just like the original yes kind of just like the original uh, quite a bit like paying homage and then okay so this is um little greasy shitty boyfriend which he's like you know like five eight five nine let's say and then so michael throws on the ghost sheet and goes walking in and linda goes boyfriend do you have my beer as she stares up at seven and a half foot tall michael myers like you grew a lot didn't you you're awful you're awful big to be a boyfriend Yep, makes her get up, gets the get the beer. She does, and he kills her, obviously. Uh, just kind of, like, chokes her single-handedly and, like, crushes her windpipe. Also, just extreme, just full frontal nudity by Rob Zombie. Bush and of all. Course. It's all hanging out. Not the most egregious example of it, though, no. in this movie. Annie leaves to go babysit right when she leaves her parents there. Dad's outside smoking, and Michael... Like sneak, like super speed attacks him and kills him. Goes inside and is attacking her mom, D. Wallace, and looks at the picture of Lori. And I guess D. Wallace puts this all together right now. It's like leave her alone and everything, and he kills her. Well, yeah, because he like picks up picks up the picture and like puts it in front of her face, and she's like, "No, do not go after my daughter, please." Who's going to make the bagel holes bigger? 
<laughs> she should have worked at a bakery. <laughs> just all day long, she's just finger-fucking the bagel. She has the most tips. Uh, babysitting, little Tommy Doyle's asking Lori about the boogeyman, because we gotta get that in there. And they do this swap thing so Annie can get it on with her boyfriend, where Lori's gonna watch the kid that Annie is babysitting too, Lindsay Wallace, for a little bit. Yes. And till like, I think... Lindsay and Tommy both have crushes on each other, but pretend, ew, I hate you, type thing, you know, cute little kids. And he's right, he's like right at that age of like, girls are icky, but he's still like, oh, is that a Victoria's Secret catalog? Loomis is talking to Brackett and trying to convince him of like what danger they're in. And Brackett, of course, small town sheriffs having none of it. And he's like, I don't like you, Loomis. I read your book. I think you just tried to capitalize on a tragedy and everything like this. Which I love, then Loomis goes, look at the cover of this book, Sheriff. Look at the eyes. It's like, yes, I see your heavily edited version of the picture of Michael Myers with the blood splatter across it. Yeah, you look, you made him look very evil. Like Loomis just took a Sharpie and filled in the eyes. Yeah, black eyes. Darker. But he goes, he's come back for his baby sister. And then this strikes danger into Brackett's head. Because he's like, oh no, my daughter's best friends with her. And he realizes everything. Gives the backstory about how the baby was adopted in town and everything like that. Um, Annie and her boyfriend are fucking, and Michael breaks it up, kills the boyfriend right away. Annie runs to get a knife, is knocked down. Also, this scene is done naked, which you think, oh, sweet, naked Daniel Harris? No, because this is the most, like, disturbing, like... Not a fun scene, because yeah. Rob Zombie just wants to depress me in this movie, and Michael's attacking this poor girl, and, like, slashing her, and doesn't kill her, but, like, beating the hell out of her, this drags her across the floor, and it's brutal. And Daniel Harris is definitely very attractive. Where we've yes. met her, she sells those like pictures that she does where she's in like all the laundry and stuff at her booth. So it's like, yes, finally, you get to see Daniel Harris naked. And, but no, she's screaming and crying and covered in mucus. And now we're going to cover her in blood. And she's crying and crying and crying. And look, dad came in. And what does dad find? Naked Daniel Harris. And she's all sobbing and everything ruins it exactly but dad comes in too late because Lori goes to walk Lindsay back home and walks in and finds like nearly dead Daniel Harris on the floor and runs tells Lindsay run back home and then instead of running home with her and calling the police goes into the other room of the house where there's obviously been some kind of intruder to call the police Michael walks in goes after Lori and she breaks out the back window and like gets out and runs back to the house Obviously, dun-dun, dun-dun. It's kicked in again because he's in full stalker mode going after her. Um, also, by the way, the boyfriend was hung with a jack-o'-lantern on his head because Michael's creative. Yep. Because he likes his arts and crafts. Yep. Brackett and Loomis get radioed about the 911 call that Lori placed right before she ran. And the flip on the lights are taken off. Michael chased Lori back to her house with Tommy and Lindsay. They all hide in the bathroom upstairs. But the cops show up, everything's safe now. They're right outside the door, like, can you let me in? And Lori's about to unlock the door when Michael just attacks and kills this cop, like, smashes his head, like, through part of the door, kills the other cop, gets shot, like, six times, keeps walking through it. It's never been said, my head cannon is always Michael Myers can't feel pain. 
Yeah, like he's one of those people. Like they exist. Yeah. He breaks through and takes Lori, thankfully, doesn't kill the kids. And Loomis and Brackett show up at the wrong house. But the kids run out and tell Loomis, not Brackett, because Brackett's already gone inside. More on that in a minute. But Loomis follows them. Lori wakes up by this headstone and dead Linda. For some reason, Michael's taken both of these two items to this basement of the Myers house. And Michael, like, because Lori is crying and like, why are you doing this? Like, why are she's dead naked in front of me? Because, of course, she's naked, covered in mud, Rob Zombie movie. Um, But Michael, like, uh, goes down to his knees, takes out the picture, then takes his mask off and is like, like shoving the picture at her. And then she kind of sees the knife laying there. Very smart of just kind of playing along of like, oh, okay, yeah, just I want to help you. And so, like, how if Michael had simply gone you me picture maybe she would have gotten it yeah you can trades this but she does i love where she like gets the knife then she stabs him immediately because scout taylor compton never stops screaming it seems so she starts like banging at the door and screaming and then she finally does that enough and screams at the door enough that like a piece of the wood falls off (laughs) (laughs) she gets out and it reminds me of Killer Clowns from Outer Space. It's like, another door! So many times <laughs> to get out. Because then she has to get through this fence and everything. It takes forever for her to get out of here. She gets out through the one door, then through a gate, then through another door, then over a fence. And Michael's just... Well, at this point, Michael starts doing his, like, punch-through-the-wall thing. Where he's, like, punching through and, like, breaking through the wall, like, the lath and whatever. Yeah. Um for some reason it looks like they didn't quite touch up the scene enough where it look, you know, when you see like the behind the scenes making of it. Yeah. Kind of thing. And it doesn't look quite right. Then the movie, it looks right. It always looked a little off to me of like the framing or something did not look right when he's breaking through the wall of like, this looks like a stunt. Oh, I never caught it, but I believe you. It's a little Brett thing. Not only does she run into ten doors, as soon as she gets out, she falls into this empty swimming pool in the backyard. Apparently, the Myers were doing okay enough to have an in-ground pool. Yeah. Not too bad. Because no one's been in this house since, kind of thing, once again. But Loomis shows up, and he's like, Michael, it's me! Michael ignores him, shoots him three times, and Michael finally drops. Gets Lori, carries her back to the cop car. This is my big thing. You're a few houses down if you're Bracket. Shit, he's not here. You hear a girl screaming bloody murder, three shots fired. You don't go a few houses down? Hmm, I wonder what that is? This is on the same street. The yeah. children ran, it's so close, the children ran from that house to this house, screaming. Yeah, that is that infuriates me, that's all. Also, let Lesser Loomis only shooting three times when he should have shot him six times. I was waiting for it. Ah! The Loomis is in the car with her. We get the, was that the boogeyman line? Yes, I believe it was. And Michael breaks through the car window, grabs Lori. Loomis distracts him, but gets his head crushed. I thought Loomis died here the first time I saw this movie. Oh, for sure. The first time I definitely thought so, but now paying attention and knowing that he doesn't. Like, you don't get the final big, like, sound that you get with a good head crush like you get like a little like cracking and stuff but 
maybe he had a migraine and now it's just gone. Michael could have been a great chiropractor. Lori's hiding in the house. There's lots of cat and mouse going on here. Like, she gets Loomis's gun. She's hiding. She hides in the ceiling. Michael's bursting through there, breaking through walls, trying to find her. It does drag on here. I'm not going to lie. This yeah. last part. At least the director's cut. This um, part seems like you that usually ends with the line. Oh, we subverted your expectations. More's going on. It's like, okay, but did more? Because they end up in the fucking pool again. Michael has an indestructible 2x4 that is breaking all the rest of the wood, but doesn't break itself. It's Hacksaw Jim Duggan's 2x4. Oh! oh! <laughs> Lori, like, falls, like, through the ceiling, and then is tackled off the balcony by Michael. I don't like a running Michael, but it was still cool. I like how they treated it, because I agree with you. I don't like running Michael. We never see him run. We get point of view of Michael charging her. True. That's fair. Done um, smart. She wakes up like on top of Michael where they both were tackled, like fell off the balcony, has the gun and, but she fires the gun. It's a revolver, but just clicks no ammo. And she keeps pulling the trigger. But since it's a revolver, this isn't actually pointless. It finally does fire. And she screams bloody murder. She shoots him point blank, by the way. I'm just pointing out, there's a Halloween too. She well, shoots him point blank. I This time I did really pay attention, and she's moving the gun a lot. Like, we okay, get a blood fine. splatter, but we don't see where she shot him or anything. Like, But I agree with you, Like, this should have been the end. This should have been like, oh yep, he got brained. I do love like the bloody face Lori scream directly into credits. I actually love yeah. that end. Yeah, it's And that's... Cool. Halloween from 2007 by Rob Zombie. But it's so weird of like 10 minutes before the scene, they were in the exact same motherfucking pool. They left the pool. Somehow she's in the attic of the house, goes all the way back down to where she's at the fucking pool again. It should have ended at the first pool. Exactly. Um, I do like this movie though. Like yeah. as much of the shit as I'll talk on it, I enjoyed it the first time I saw it. Um, and like I said, it doesn't touch the original for me. The original is a perfect movie. Um, you'd be insane to think not. But like, this is still a really cool what if story, if you ask me. Right. I enjoyed enough where I'm not like, oh fuck this. We're like, won't we'll get to my thoughts on Rob Zombie's Halloween two whenever we do that at some point. Very different. I realize we didn't do the original Halloween two or Rob Zombie, so next year I think we double feature the Halloween twos. I like that. Next year's Throbtober. Exactly. We're going to do 62 movies. Double features all month long. Sven Gulli thinks he's going to do double features and outdo us. No. He only has to double feature once a week. We already outdo him. Oh, yeah, true. <laughs> all right. You ready for some Count of the Dead? Yeah, it's good to do the Count of the Dead. Ah, ah, ah. All right, that's Robin Hood, Count of the Dead's where tally up all the deaths in the movie. Where do you think we got with Halloween? Oh, uh, I feel like there was quite a bit. There's a, there's quite a bit. Uh, more at the beginning, I think, to be honest. Yeah. Um, fuck, I don't even know where to. I'm gonna say 18. <laughs> so so guess what? You missed it by. Is it one off? Yes. Is it 17? But you will never argue with this because it is 19. Oh, okay, good. Because first 17 popped in my mind. And I went, no, I'm going to say 18. And I was like, oh, I fucked myself. But like you said, Greg, I will never argue with more death. 
That's Greg's Scout of the Dead. Ah, ah, ah. Now we're getting into my ratings from Dimension Z. So basically, I'll take something from the movie and I rate the movie 1 through 10, 1 being the worst and 10 being the best. Now come up with that thing right now. All right, so Greg, we watch quite a number of horror movies. I'd say we watch more than the average person, yes. In these movies, there can be nudity at points. Sometimes you see yes. a boob or two. Um, and most Bring of the back, time... Bring it back, by the way. Bring it yeah. back. Come on, people. What are we doing in modern movies? That nothing's wrong with happy boobs. That's why I loved X. Just throwing that out there. Yeah. Um. So, a lot of times, seeing boobs is a great thing. You're like, yes! Day made. But, not always. So we're going to do levels of boobs. Okay. I like this one. So a number one version of boobs, the least good level, is when they show up in a Rob Zombie movie because they're going to be covered in, like, diarrhea or, like, blood or something. And the person attached to them just screams and screams. And it's not fun. Sad boobs. Number 10 version of boobs. It's like you had a real long day at work and you come home. You're like, honey... I had a real bad day. Your wife shows you her boobs. You're like, today just got way better. Yes. Um, I like you said, I really do like this movie. I don't love it, but I revisit it probably at least once a year. I would say I'm going to, because I think it's a little too long. It should have been two separate movies. They super glued two movies together. Not bad. A lot of scenes though, that take me out of it. I'm going to give it six and a half. Where I do revisit this quite a bit, and I think a bit of that's also, like, nostalgia for me, because I watched this, like, when it first came out, so I was in, like, high school. I'm gonna go fairly higher than you, but nothing crazy. I went eight versions of boobs out of ten. I really like this movie. Like I said, I, I would like this movie a lot more if I could stop comparing it to the original two, but just that's just the way remakes go. Um, yeah. I think it's a really cool, I beat this point to death, but that's just the way I have to say it. It's a really cool Elseworlds story about Michael Myers of what could have been. It's, we already did the best version. Here's another cool take on it. And I like yeah. it. It's fun sometimes for me just to dip into that Rob Zombie world. Like yeah. with the terrible people, the things, the ways nobody talks, everything like this. But you know, it's this weird hyper stylized strange land that I like visiting. Well, it's like you watch like an Ed Wood movie. You kind of get the feeling you're watching an Ed Wood movie. You watch a John Carpenter movie. You kind of get that feeling of like, oh yeah, it's kind of his style. Rob Zombie's style is just mud and grease and blood and sleaze. But yes, in a world where that's really lacking in like movies, keep it up, Rob Zombie. Yeah. Unless you have anything else, man. No, that's all I got, man. All right, well, we hope that you enjoyed us talking about the Halloween remake. If you hated Rob Zombie, we hope that we were at least kind of fair. If you love him, I also like him. I would like to see him in concert at some point. I feel like Rob Zombie is a good, like... Oh, that would be so awesome. Like, Rob Zombie reminds me of, like, one of those good artists to listen to around this time of year, like Halloween. Like, he sings about monsters and, like, horror movies. It's like him, the Misfits. I could see, like, the Cramps. Or like really good Halloween kind of bands. I saw him on Halloween one year, which is oh, a really cool time. That's awesome. That's like seeing Rob Zombie on Halloween is probably 
about a perfect concert to see on the day. Yeah. And we hope that Rob Zombie's Halloween remake has left your brain throbbing with horror. Do you like throbbing with horror? Their early shows were a little too avant-garde for me, but I hear if you follow them on the social media, they do terrific work. You should probably rate them five stars wherever you're listening to them. It makes our show a cut above the rest. Make sure you tune in next week. Wouldn't want to miss another episode, right? <laughs> hey, Paul!